Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. A Monday morning mailbag on a Tuesday afternoon kind of day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the walk-off. I'm Scott Belford, joined as always by the best co-host in the biz, Adam Mack. Every single week, we comb through your interactions, your comments, your questions, and then we present them. At Walkoff Podcast on Twitter, the Walkoff Podcast on Instagram. You can shoot us a DM if you'd like to get uh, involved in our Discord. It is a happening place. We've got almost 300 members there, and we do get a lot of our comments and questions from our Discord. Priority obviously goes, though, to the Patreon, which continues to grow. Honestly, we've had about 10 members sign up in the last two to three weeks here. So uh, tip of the hat to all the new members. Of course, much respect to the OGs in the Patreon who have been there all along. We do appreciate uh, the few shekels you're throwing uh, our way. And of course, for doing so, if you send us a question or comment, you automatically get on the mailbag. Okay, buddy. We've got a lot to get to, so no need to take too, too long here. I did wish to mention a couple of things here. Number one off the top, Adam and I are going to be doing a live podcast here in Calgary on June 22nd. Yes, we're taking the show on the road. We are professional stand-up comedians, so live entertainment is where our bread and butter is. So we figured we might as well... You know, do what we know, get the people out. I know that we've got plenty of listeners in Calgary, like Taco Time and Bringer of Wayne and Lauren Stewart, just to name a few. So those tickets are going to go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. Alberta time. We, of course, will be bugging you over the next week, putting the link in the show notes and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, come out. Check it out. If you're in Calgary, we're going to be doing Edmonton in July sometime, and we will let you know then. I know we had big plans of going to Toronto. That is on the back burner right now, but we are going to be doing more and more live shows. So kind of keep an eye out for that. All right, buddy, let's get into it. All right. Uh, Tuesday Mailbag has long since been your favorite show of the week. Because yes, the no show prep. Yes, all the work. All right. Well, there's still a lot of work for me in the post-production <laughs> and the clips and everything. Yes. So yes. it's not any easier for me. But the Patreon exclusive that we've started doing, MLB Mondays, prep work for you, mm-hmm. no editing for me. It's beautiful. You just It's great for me. I'm loving it. So post away. Yes. Just post away. The raw stuff goes up. It's uh, it's a lot of fun because we get to talk about stuff in a little bit more depth that we don't usually touch on. Uh, I've really been enjoying MLB Mondays. Yeah, like I didn't think I'd time. get into it as much. It's just so fun to like talk stuff that doesn't matter. Like it matters, you know, like it's it's baseball and I'm interested, but it's not like talking Manoa where there's like a little bit of just extra uh, sadness that comes yeah, I mean, <laughs> with it you when know, you care. You know, the whole adage of like, oh, the grass is always greener, right? Well, our grass isn't green, but sometimes it's nice to look over and see that your neighbor's yard is even worse than yours. Right? Oh, what so. I would what I would give to look at a, a brown dead lawn. 
Well, that's what we get on MLB Monday. We're looking at the front of the Yankees house, the Padres, and the Padres. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of fun. We have a comment that really. Let's just start with this. We were talking about, I think it was Liam Hendricks and his return from his cancer treatment yesterday on MLB Monday. And we talked about the, I think Edwin Diaz also coming back yeah. potentially Mike, this year. And Mike Soroka, yeah. Soroka. So we talked about a lot of comebacks and uh, the sports medicine and the leaps that uh, it has grown and everything. Anyways, we had a whole, probably spent 10 minutes on how, how nice it is because these experimental uh, surgeries and and uh, procedures to speed a guy up in his recovery mm-hmm. are like also, if successful, useful for common Joes like us who yes. also would love to get off of disability and get back to work at the paint store. You know what I mean? Yes. So anyways, uh, I don't remember the context of how this came up, but... Uh, Johnny Eaton quoted us and said, shut up, pig heart boy. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So, when you were when you were like, you know, if you did, because we were talking steroids is what it was. And right, being, right, being right. able to use steroids or experimental stuff. And you used pig heart as a example. Right. And I was like, oh, boy, you think you think Yankees fans are vicious with Manoa now. Wait till he has a pig heart. Right. Right. <laughs> Right, right. And then shut up fat boy becomes shut yeah. up big hard boy. Right, right. Yes. Okay, we've we've got it. Anyways, that's the kind of fun we're having on MLB Mondays. Uh it's an extra hour show uh for the Patreon. So there you go. All right. Uh more fun that we have uh sticking with MLB Mondays. The Baltimore Orioles have the the newest, most boringest, ugliest City Connect jerseys going. There's 21 City Connect jerseys across MLB at this point. And I think it might have been the previous Monday, but you and I Mm -hmm. went through all 21 of them, weighed in what we liked about them, what we didn't like about them, did a pseudo ranking. That was actually a lot of fun going through that. Yeah. Um, We had the jerseys pulled up so people watching along uh, could see what we're talking about too. So that was a lot of fun. Then we had to, of course, speculate on what would a Blue Jays City Connect jersey look like. And uh, again, Johnny Eaton made a submission here. So commented on the video and said, I'd like to see the CN Tower going up the leg and the bulge part wrapping around the side and it finishing at the top of the sleeve. Make the pants a deep blue for the lake and the top uh, old powder blue for the sky. Use the skyline to wrap around, rest the belt line, put Toronto on there in the classic Blue Jays double-lined letters, just one guy's idea. Now, what I love about this, Scott, is they went one one step further. And he, they mocked actually, yes, they he mocked it up. Yes, he mocked it up. Yeah. So let's share this here uh, right now. This is the mock-up. So this is the, I think, PlayStation, Xbox game, MLB The Show. You can create your team and design your own jerseys. So I just, look, I hate the look. 
Not yes. gonna lie, but I'm just not a big fan of the powder blue. So I think and Johnny knew that even when Johnny sent the photo, he was like, I know Adam's going to hate this because I was like, that's actually pretty good. He's like, Adam's not going to be on board with this because of the powder blue. I saw <laughs> amazing. Anyways, there it is. I love the work that went into this. Uh, so I guess what I'm suggesting here is to the rest of the grounds crew and anybody watching, uh, get your mock ups in for. Blue Jays City Connect jerseys. Yes, we're I actually, this, this is, is this is the big secret about the walk-off. We make the choices for the City <laughs> Connect jerseys. Yeah. All right. No, it's still fun. I mean, we've all got yeah. ideas. And I just thought the idea of actually doing a mock-up, uh, just so much fun. So anyways, uh, tip of the hat to Johnny for that. Uh, you said I know, there's... Uh, before, we, before we hit record, I know that there was, uh, I was telling you about one that they somebody had done up on Twitter. It looked horrible, but it was all for a joke, right? And it's a raccoon riding the streetcar with the CN tower in his arms. Like he's holding a spear, kind of like the, the, the mm -hmm. javelin, the right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The jousting. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, we got uh, a few other comments too, um, on that with some, some mentions for city connect jerseys that are wildly inappropriate and i will not be reading on the air but i want you to know we saw your comments and i laughed at them uh but i cannot share those on a family show like this so okay um let's get to it on twitter after sunday night's long toss maddie shot us a dm and said hey guys just wanted to say how much i think hey Kami is awesome on long toss feel like the rest of the panel makes fun of his takes sometimes but he is right a lot more than he gets credit for. Anyways, tell Joel he's awesome. Keep up the great content, folks. First of all, Matt, I couldn't agree more. There's a reason why we constantly have Hey Kami, Joel back on the show. Besides the fact that he's an Alberta boy and just good buds with us. And, 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 and just so everyone knows, yeah, Adam and I do take shots at Joel sometimes on long toss that may seem like we're being dicks. You need to understand that we spend all day in a group chat texting with him constantly and so it's like good buddies ball busting is basically what it is so i don't want you to take that we're being disrespectful or anything from it because it's really just more like three buds giving each other a harder time and the reason maybe we don't do that as much with some of the other panelists is that we're not as close with some of the other panelists. So that's basically all that is just to clear the water here. We love Joel. There's a reason he comes on the show, even though a lot of times his takes are shit. Okay. So <laughs> great point. Great point. Uh, here you go. Shit. Take Joel was his original <laughs> handle on uh TikTok, but yeah. never took off. Like, Hey, never call me. Took off, like, hey. <laughs> Okay, uh, next one from Twitter, uh, at what I'm thinking, who you've pointed out is uh, yes. also a Patreon member. Yes. Mish Beer. Yes. There you go. Tip of the hat to uh, Mish Beer. Um, so they wrote in on Twitter and said, uh, so my question, by the way, love, love the balls on this lady who could have submitted this through Patreon. And got her comment read for sure. But she had the <laughs> yeah. confidence that, no, 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 this is such a good question. I don't need <laughs> to cut the line. And she went yeah. like. Through Twitter. I love it too. Through Twitter. So anyways. And I just love saying the balls on this lady. Yeah. <laughs> term in 2023. Okay. So. <clears throat> 
So my question, her question regarding Vladdy. I feel like a lot of his issues right now is mental, and I'm curious if you have heard or know if there is some extension talks that perhaps got quashed, great word by the way, a couple weeks ago. My reasoning, she says, is that his quote-unquote joyful energy dissipated recently. Not in that, quote, I'm physically hurt and frustrated, but more of a, I'm emotionally hurt. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then she says, my old ass recently had a moment at work where I felt the same type of hurt, which gave me this aha moment about Vladdy, who is still a young, emotional dude and more likely to be affected by stuff like this. He's been so vocal about Toronto being his home and wanting to play for the team for life. They threw money at Bo to shut him the F up for a couple of years, but there's been nothing out of the head office indicating they want slash believe in Vladdy. On top of that, now you've got the fan base screaming things like, throw all the money at Chapman and Kevin Kiermeyer," and rightfully so, she says. But it feels like everyone is taking Vladdy for granted while also expecting way too much from him right now. Am I overthinking? being too mama bear on this. So, first of all, I'm sorry that you had a emotionally hurt moment at work this week. Yes. Would love to hear more about it. But your your employer should appreciate you more, Mish. Yes. <laughs> Mish <Let's> beer. <laughs> throw more money at Mish beer. Uh let's give them the respect they deserve. Okay. This is a great take. It's a great take. Uh, there are some, I think. So in my opinion, I think there is some truth to this, probably. That said, I do think you are overthinking it a little bit. So. We always talk. There's a human aspect to sports that often gets ignored. Yes. These athletes still have the emotions we all have can still have hurt feelings, can still feel underappreciated, even if they are being paid a bunch of money. Bo having his Arbeers bought out when Vlad didn't have his Arbeers bought out, maybe that did bother him a little bit. We don't know exactly what went on behind closed doors. We don't know if Vlad turned down a similar extension or not extension but basically buyout right just so that they can eliminate the arb negotiation process which can damage relationships just ask marcus stroman now do i think that he is so focused on this that he's letting the outside noise really bother him i would hope not vladdy is an experienced guy in major league baseball at this point at 24 years old the fact that he has five years of experience to fall back on and look back on and and learn from, I think has really helped him. He is in the biggest slump of his career. Without a doubt, this is the biggest slump. And think about that. Vladdy's still hitting like 280 and, and showing some power and stuff and hasn't been a black hole at the plate all year. But boy, oh boy, the last 15 days, which coincide with this slide the Blue Jays are on, have been abysmal. Now, friend of the show, and and he is returning tomorrow morning at Down to Black on Twitter. Chris Black, Sportsnet analyst and producer 
had a thread that I think nails what's really going on with Vladdy. And I'm not saying that there's not outside noise that also affecting him that it, uh, emotionally he's not down. And yeah, it's not fun to lose everybody. Like you can look at this club and be like, oh, their body language is terrible. Where has all the fun gone? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, Lourdes and, and, and Teoscar were miserable when the Jays were slumping too, just so you know. Like it wasn't always a, a, a pina party with margaritas every time, right? Uh, so let's let's get into this thread from Chris Black. So he says, if you look at his swing tendency by percentile in each quadrant of the strike zone and the percentile of his swings at balls outside of the strike zone in each quadrant, it's eye-opening. So if you're not able to picture that, picture the strike zone, draw a bigger box around it, cut it in four, the areas outside of the strike zone, that's what is being measured here, okay? So in 2021, Vladdy swung at pitches high and inside out of the strike zone 24% of the time. This season, it's at 32% of the time. In 2021, he swung at pitches low and inside 28% of the time. It is up to 35% of the time this year. High and outside in 2021, was 21% of the time, 31% of the time this year, and low and outside was 24% of the time uh, in 2021, 28 this year. He is swinging at balls outside the zone in every single quadrant at an increased rate from his big year in 2021. And, and some of those are huge increases. So he's swinging at more pitches outside of the strike zone in every area. Uh, swing is longer now. Swing is more focused on getting ball up in the air. Leg kick is bigger, and you see that in his, in his swing at the plate. Everything is bigger. And it just seems like he's focused on lofting the ball to left field more and more this year. Maybe that's the plan, he says. I mean, to a certain subset of fans, they should be happy with Vladimir Guerrero's output this year because launch angle is what everyone was complaining about last year. But launch angle is not a problem. He's pulling the ball quite a bit. But this is a be careful what you wish for scenario. Vladdy's controlled line drive focused on right center swing naturally gives you a bit longer to take swing decisions. So what he thinks, he says, if you're thinking left field loft, yank some home runs, that's getting you out in front of the plate, and that leads to poor swing choices. The solution, and this is according to Chris Black, he says, I'd quiet everything down. Turn the volume down on his leg kick. Swing everything down um, to like a six. Just, just stop over swinging is basically what he's saying here. And then I'd focus on hitting everything to right center field for a week or two. And uh, also something else I've spoken about the past continues to be an issue pitches down in the zone. Uh, the more you're thinking launch ball to left field, the easier it'll be to get you out on pitches in the zone. So in depth and, and, and deep baseball talk there from Chris black. But what his point is, is one of the big problems about Vladdy right now is that he is trying so hard to change his launch angle and get balls out to left field more that he's overcompensating in his swing. 
and he's swinging at balls way outside the strike zone. And giving the percentages, like it is crazy how much more he's swinging at balls this year. Mm-hmm. That's substantial for sure. Um, I just don't know if the only thing I have an issue with on that whole everything he just said is I don't know if it's even possible to intentionally go early on a pitch. Like we're just talking about a hundred milliseconds of decision making is your window. Mm-hmm. I just don't think in that one hundred milliseconds he's like I'm intentionally trying to pull the ball to left field. He's. I mean, it is something that he was working on in his swing over the off season was launch angle and and spraying the ball mar all over the field. I mean, yeah, you're right, man. Like for me or you to like, if they were like, try and do anything with the bat for wow. me anyways, I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm not getting out ahead of any pitch I ever see. Uh, maybe an Evis from Zach Greinke, but um, he's just trying too hard. Like it, I, that is what it breaks down to. I think is that he's just in his own head. I think that, uh, Mish beer kind of nails it with these overthinking things. I don't know if he's letting uh, hurt feelings get in the way as much. And I would be surprised if he was again, athletes are still humans. And if he is letting that bother him, this is something he has to obviously reconcile and deal with. He was one of I the think... guys with the finger pointed at him in that players meeting, right? I would say so. Even if, we, but we don't know. We don't well, know. Look, I mean, I'm not saying Bo Bichette got into the center of that clubhouse, looked at Bo and was like, come on, buddy, you got to yeah. get going. You're killing me here. Mm-hmm. I don't think, but if you're Vladdy, you have to be pretty naive to not hear whatever was being said in the clubhouse and not do some serious hard looking in a mirror afterwards and go, I need to be better. And he yeah. like he already knew that. That's the thing with these players only meetings is the guys who if need anything, to talking to already know they're struggling. Maybe he even took control of that, right? Maybe he he put some of it on his shoulders and was like, "Guys, I got to be better." Like we don't know how it's framed or what was going on, but numbers aren't good. Still have long-term confidence in Vladdy. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried about Vladdy, but it does suck to see him in the biggest slump of his career, Manoa in the biggest slump of his career, coinciding with a huge slump from the team during one of the most important stretches of the season against so many AL East teams. Like, obviously disappointing for the players, incredibly disappointing for the fans. All we can hope for is that these guys find it that they return to their norms because Vladdy, when he's hot, is an MVP caliber player. As hot as it gets. Um, yeah, I have nothing else to add on uh, on the Vladdy situation. It's uh, it is what it is. I guess like we don't, mm-hmm. as fans, don't have a choice. Like he's. He's here to deal with it's like Boba Shat. You can be frustrated when he makes a throwing error at short, but he's our shortstop. So 
Oh yeah. Go buy your Bichette and Vladdy jerseys because they're the guys this year. Like this is not. Anyways, um, all right. And before we move on, I just want to say how ridiculous it is. The people who are saying trade Vladdy. Can we just address that for no a second, Adam? That, are they? There are people out there who say that he should be moved and get a bunch of prospects in, restock the cupboards, and all I can think is what a long shot it would be for any prospect we get to even be half of what Vladdy is, right? Do you know how much you need to hit on a prospect for them to even equal what Vladdy is doing as a 24-year-old right now? I, I, I mean... I mean, I... Look. I loved your response on this, by the way, as someone who's not on Twitter. I love that you were just like, nobody's saying that. That's crazy. <laughs> um, okay, here's here's my take on this team, Scott. I don't think the division is possible this year. I'm starting to think a playoff spot, definitely not a sure thing anymore. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the 50-50 category of like, we need some breaks to start going our way. Um, we've put ourselves in a hole. And the division is just like exceptionally inflated this year. Like I've never seen before. The AL East is always a powerhouse. But it's five for five are phenomenal teams. It, mm-hmm. It's crazy. No, it is. It's unfortunate timing. Um, my point of this is... I wouldn't even blow this team up if we missed the playoffs. No, of course not. Like on paper, I'd rerun it again next year and I would feel just as good going into next April with some tweaks. Like, I, and, and I'd be I like, think... Hey, yeah. Like, yeah. Like add a bullpen piece here. You know, if you lose a pitcher, get a new guy, like whatever, you know, replace Merrifield or Kiermaier. But like for the most and part, Adam... I'm not looking at any piece of this lineup and going, oh, yeah, we got real problems here. Like, this is not a blow the team up. This is could go either way. We're getting the worst possible outcome of a spectrum of outcomes. But that's sports. You and I have talked about this before, too, as fans of this team over a long, long period of time. We've seen 2001 to 2013 we know what dark days those were we know what going through a couple of rebuilds that don't work out looks like a rebuild isn't a guarantee you don't get like if this team were to strip down there is no guarantee that they become as good as they are right now this is as close as i've ever felt if there's ever going to be adam a rebuild next year is not the year it's going to be the year after that when there's only one year remaining on Bowen Vlad's Arbiers. And then maybe this front office needs to do some major thinking. At that time, if there still isn't progress where we're flying championship banners, I think Ross Atkins' rope is for, for sure done. Unless they do something crazy like go to the championship, like the ALCS two years in a row. Like if they do that this year and next year, I mean, it's probably tough to fire Atkins, but... Oh. uh that's probably where you need to be, though. There you go. All right. Um, you know, it's funny because I know the Rays went to the World Series two years ago. But other than that, they've also, like, done nothing in the playoffs. I know mm-hmm. they've won, a ha- like, a handful of series here and there or whatever. But, like, the respect that the Rays just keep getting 
when they don't like they don't have any more World Series than we do in the last mm-hmm. five years, last ten years, last fifty. Like, I know they're not working with the same budget that we are, and that's yeah a, a factor. But I would say, I'm not the best at math, but I would say less than five teams win a World Series every year. So, I mean, the chances are slim. Yes. Um. I think it's one actually, if I'm if I'm being correct. So the chances are not good. Okay, this team's good. I'm happy with it. Let's uh let's move on from there. Let's go to Discord. The this is a fun one. So the canon commented, uh, I'm not too talkative in Discord, but I'm a longtime fan and friend of the show, if I may be so bold. You may, by the way. You may, yes. <laughs> you may. Grounds crew and friendship circle. You bet. Uh, says the family is going to be sitting in our favorite seats at tomorrow's game. So we'll tonight's be... game now. Tonight's <laughs> this game, was yesterday. Yes. yes. Sorry. Uh, we'll be first row 500s on the left field side. Look out for us pounding back dogs and putting up K's for Kikuchi. Daddy's favorite player. Love it. Atta boy, the cannon. You go enjoy that game. We'll keep an eye out for you. Thanks for uh, the fun little message in discord. When in doubt, hot dogs make for great food fights. We've learned this recently. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, a couple more comments to get to, and we'll get out of here. Uh, first one comes from Patreon. So Tara commented in the live chat for Long Toss this week. Great panel, by the way, uh, which you're absolutely correct, Tara. Uh, I had a lot of fun with Craig and Blue Jay's dad and... Of course, Jen and Joel. Um, So Tara says, someone asked if the Blue Jays were the worst luxury tax team of all time. Uh, But we aren't even the worst luxury tax team this season. Come on. (laughs) Uh, Mets, Phillies. Have you heard of the Padres? Mm -hmm. Um, And then she says, P.S. David Sampson uh, said on his show yesterday that the Padres should be sellers. At the deadline, if this owner and GM are worth their salt, uh, would love to hear your thoughts. So, well, my thoughts are: give me Juan Soto. I want Juan Soto. Let's sell Juan Soto Ricky, off. Padres. Ricky Tiedemann's gone in that deal. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I'm, I don't. I'm, th- I'm tongue in cheek with that comment, but I mean, it would be very, very interesting to see the Padres in sell mode at the deadline. A few things to keep in mind about the San Diego Padres. They were in on Aaron Judge last offseason. They were prepared to pay him over $400 million, which is a bigger offer than the New York Yankees had out. They just gave Xander Bogarts just under $300 million. I think it was two eighty-seven. They just re-upped on Manny Machado. The San Diego Padres are going to spend money, but are they going to be able to sign Juan Soto? Maybe not. And if they are serious about contending in 2024, then what that front office has to do is, is show some gumption and move some of these guys like a Josh Hader, like a Blake Snell, like Juan Soto, recap. Because remember, the the Padres also have bolstered at the trade deadline, going out and getting Hater. They have spent their prospect capital, so the Padres need to restock the farm, 
and we know the money's there. So if the Padres are going to sit down and evaluate this season and truly feel like 2023 isn't the year, we're about to see what kind of management this team really has. Do they have the guts to retool, write 2023 off and come back in 2024? Guns a-blazing. We'll see. But it is going to be a very interesting thing to watch. This is... Yeah, I mean, look, Blue Jays are two games over 500. Padres, five games under 500. Um, In a tough division themselves. tough division, yeah. Yeah. The Giants are going to be no slouches. Uh, The the Diamondbacks have have made a massive step forward. Uh, The Dodgers are the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got a hole to climb out of. Like, for those of you not paying attention, the San Francisco Giants have been on fire lately they currently have the same record as the toronto blue jays even though they were in panic mode all april because they slipped as low i think they were even nine games under 500 Mm -hmm. at a point so the giants have really made up a lot of ground in may they've kind of reversed what toronto has done this season Mm -hmm. and here we are going getting close to june sitting at the same record so yeah that uh that nl west man that is not going to be an easy division to to take Uh, Okay, next one comes from Wyatt. Uh, Hey, fellas, last year Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs, carries the Yankees to the playoffs, but struggles in the first few games of the playoffs. Uh, This year, the Rays are the best team in baseball, but in one game they're down by 10 in the fifth inning and get booed by their fan bases. Is there some toxic, toxic positivity here to be had with Jays fans never doing something like that? Or is no team safe from this? What do you think? Well, I would love to hear what you think, Adam. But personally, I think that uh, we're all the same. Most fan bases are prone to, in times of frustration, letting some boos out. I know darn well that I heard some boos on a couple of broadcasts. Some directed at Manoa, finishing third in Cy Young voting last year. You know? directed at Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So, yeah, frustrated fan bases. Nobody is impervious to letting out some frustration and maybe booing players you shouldn't. It's sports. I was shocked to hear Tampa booing in that in that blowout. But that said, you don't get beat 20 to 1 and are on your game. <laughs> like... Uh, They probably didn't deserve to be booed, just like Aaron Judge probably didn't deserve to get booed after breaking the AEL home run record. But we are in a in a industry here when it comes to sports of what have you done for me lately? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have I don't have a problem with booing. I mean, if booing feels like short term dissatisfaction, you know, I'm mad in the moment. You're not doing what. You need to do. Yeah. It's not like uh, a hypothetical situation where Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs and then goes like 0 for 15 in the playoffs. Yankees get swept and then Yankees fans are burning Aaron Judge jerseys in the streets in New York, right? Like <laughs> that would be too yes. much, right? That but like, boo much. all you want. But I don't know. I'm fine with booing. Listen. I think. 
And and there are people who strongly disagree with booing, right? And and my only defense of it is listen, we don't all have iPads that when we're frustrated, we can go smash. Sometimes we need to use our mouth. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um <laughs> last couple here about Alec Manoa, so brace yourself. TP tie on Patreon says, hey, fellas, here's a question. What's your take? Uh, when you're looking to salvage a series split with the Rays, so this comment's from last week, uh, why are Merrifield and Springer on the bench? This is for game four of that Rays series, right? Uh, Alec Manoa on the mound. Almost seems like they just conceded the loss knowing that uh, Manoa was on the bump and going to struggle. I hope they can improve on the sloppy play and find some consistency moving forward. Thanks. So what are your thoughts on giving two of your best players the day off? Is this a coincidence? Is this punting on an Alec Manoa start? I brought this up on Friday's episode when you had food poisoning, and it was one of the decisions John Schneider made that I pointed out as being fairly questionable especially after losing so many games to AL East rivals in that stretch, especially with an off day coming up. And just, just after that twin series, it was just a weird time to give Springer and Mary field a day off. I personally didn't like it. I personally thought that it was a shit decision on John Schneider's part. Is that the reason they lost? I mean, it was in extra innings, I guess. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. It was it's it was a weird decision. It was a weird move. I disagree with it. It did feel like they were punting on it. I don't think that that is how they would frame it or how they would agree on that, but that's my opinion on that. So back on May 12th, we did an episode. We looked ahead at the schedule, the meat grinder. Right, 17 games in 17 days. I think we kind of f- both phrased it as this could make or break the Jays' season. Mm-hmm. You wanted to see 10 and 7. I felt like 10 and 7 would have been disappointing, but given the slog of what it is, 10 and 7 would have been acceptable. They got 7 and 10. Feels worse. Than seven and ten, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I think it's because we started three and zero, oh, so it's mm-hmm. four and ten over the last fourteen, which is a exactly. lot, a lot yeah. worse, right? But seven and ten is like—I don't want to say it's acceptable, but it could have been worse. It's only—I mean, it's three games under five hundred over two and a half weeks. I think, tough, why, I think why this doesn't feel so bad when you look at it at, uh, at the bigger picture is that we watch enough baseball over our lifespan to know that these two-and-a-half-week chunks happen. They happen, man. It's the worst, and I'm really thankful that this team is out of the AL East games. I'm so glad to see them play like man playing the first place team in the AL central and the twins. Give it to me every time the first place team in 
the NL Central with the Milwaukee Brewers coming to town tonight. Give it to me. Yes, please. Yeah, I'll play the Mets. Give me the Mets, right? Like, there are... Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, over the next six weeks heading into the All-Star break, this is definitely an easier six weeks than the previous six weeks. But we need to take care of business. Like, if we're going to have any sort of shot, we got the Brewers... The Mets, the Astros are going to be tough. Got the Twins, the Orioles. I think you have to respect the Orioles at this point. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they swept us. They uh, embarrassed us. The Rangers uh, leading the way in the AL Central there. Uh, the Marlins, good, not great. And then we got Oakland, the Giants, Red Sox. But then we got yeah. uh, White Sox and Tigers mm-hmm. and the first half of the season. So, We've got some very winnable games, but we're going to have to start. They like, got to start playing like a contender. Hole, That's we the start thing. They taking to... three out of three against the A's. We got to take yes. three out of three against the Tigers. We got to take three out of three against these teams. Take two out of three against Milwaukee. Take two out of three against the Mets. Exactly. So this team now has to play 600 baseball. This is something that they did last year. This is something that this team it's has doable. the personnel to do. Absolutely. It's like doable. Said, this is not a team that I would ever want to blow up. This is like the talent is there. Mm-hmm. We saw what Chapman can do in May. Like mm-hmm. we have a large sample size of Laddie being awesome. It's going to be fine, but it's going to hurt at times. And that's what it is. It is what it is. Uh, okay. Last one to end on here from Jackie McDonald on Patreon says, do you think Alec Manoa is similar to Ricky Vaughn in major league two? Just worry about the game, LOL. So, <laughs> full disclosure, you and I had to Google the plot of of Major League Two. We have both watched it. Both of us are big Major League fans. Major League, oh, yeah, yeah, we know we know inside and out. Major League Two, not as inside and out. So we did have to Google it. Hey, by the way, uh, because we've had such an awesome influx uh, on the Patreon with new uh, Patreon members in recent uh, recent weeks, if you're new to Patreon. Go check out our old baseball movie reviews. They're up mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Scott and I spent way too much time on those things. So yes, we did. got Bull Durham, uh, Field of Dreams, Major League, which is why I'm bringing this up. Yeah. And uh, a few others as well. So if you're dying for content or something to to put on, I really had a lot of fun with those. Those were yeah. a lot of fun. So, no, they were. Yeah. Uh, go check those out. Anyways, we Googled it. Plot of Major League 2. After the success that the team had in, in Major League One, Ricky Vaughn becomes more of a celebrity sensation. And, mm-hmm. uh, a media darling, if you will. A media darling, if you will. So, <laughs> I mean, this is a look as a great parallel to Alec Manoa, right? The I Serge love it. Ibaka it really is. Stuff it really is. In the offseason, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, <sighs> So Ricky Vaughn lost Velo on his fastball and became obsessed with his off-speed stuff, which he was calling the Eliminator and the Humiliator. And, uh, of course, by the end of the movie, what really got him back was cutting his sleeves off his jersey again and then throwing gas. So, Boy, if anybody – I don't know you probably can't. <laughs> there's probably a rule against it, but Alec Manoa with sleeveless? sleeves. Give oh. me big Puma sleeveless every day, baby. Every day. Love it. Um, 
All right. And then the final comment or part two uh, from Jackie here says, here's a recommendation for what you're watching. She says, check out the show Brockmire. It's about a baseball announcer and it's hilarious. So Hank Azaria is the lead in this show. And you haven't seen this, you said, I right, buddy? I haven't seen this, no. And uh, I'm really looking forward to checking this out. So yeah, this is some awesome really, recommendation. Some really good TV there. It is so funny. And they do such a good job of presenting baseball for everyone, but also knowing baseball fans well enough to make those inside jokes. It's perfect. It's a perfect show. Awesome. Well, thanks for the recommendation. I'm genuinely excited to check this out because. And four seasons, right? Isn't it nice to get into something you haven't seen and there's four seasons? There you go. It's a nice, tidy package. Four seasons, 32 episodes. It's not a big commitment, but it's also not a one-off where I'm like, just starting to like the show and then it's gone. So really excited for this. This is perfect. Uh, Perfect. So thanks, uh, Jackie. Thanks to everybody for uh, all the submissions, all the comments on everything. Uh, Sorry, I've been lagging on the... uh, YouTube side of things. Haven't been putting out as many clips. Uh, just been hella busy in my personal life uh, with house shopping and stuff. Recently, my dad was in town visiting. So it's just been a and perfect storm. And then getting sick on of top of it. Busy. It was a yeah. perfect yeah. sick. Yeah, a so, perfect storm. Yeah. So anyway, um, my apologies okay, well, and appreciate the patience. And yeah, thanks for all the comments and, and keep reaching out. Keep participating. Get those City Connect jersey mock-ups submitted because... I want to see your best and your worst. Well, I will end on this then. Just a couple of quick teases. We have Chris Black at Down to Black, one of the best Blue Jays Twitter accounts out there, uh, Sportsnet analyst and producer. He is joining us tomorrow morning. We have Davis Schneider of the Buffalo Bisons joining us uh on Friday. And then next week we have Spencer Horowitz and uh chad dallas coming on the show Jeez. yeah the so cheese. some uh the chatter the, chad the cheddar that's right so oh, uh some of our best prospects within this blue jay system are going to be coming on the show here and we'll get updates on where they are at so thank you again everybody we will see you tomorrow for chris black all the best take care cheers bye dad Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening.